Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Let it rain! You remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. stayed up and powered through and uh, you got to see one hell of an ending there as the Houston Astros avoid going down 0-2 and head to the Bronx here tomorrow night only tied 1-1 and of course Garrett Cole who has won 18 out of his last 24 starts I believe he will be taking the mound for the Astros as Severino gets ready for the Yankees we got ourselves a series we expected one and that's exactly what we have welcome in on this monday october the 14th 2019 plenty to get to here this morning as we recap the weekend in the world of sports and plenty to get to tonight including monday night football we have the national league championship series in which yeah down 2-0 is what the cardinals are because they well they forgot how to hit apparently they've almost been no hit twice now in the first two games of this series but they'll try and put it all together, I guess, against Strasburg. Let me know how that works out for you. The good news for the Cards is at least they have their ace, Flaherty, going here in this game tonight. So much to break down. But the Yankees and the Astros, certainly the best thing on television last night, Dane, uh, as I can't even begin to tell you about. Well, you you know your Chargers over there did it again, once again, yeah, they are the worst favorite home team. Anthony Lynn, Phillip Rivers, they'll figure out a way to blow it. But good news for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they win. But this Yankee series and this Astros series, uh, it's it's refreshing from the standpoint of it doesn't make a damn bit of difference. Verlander, Cole. Yeah, these two teams are a hell of a lot more evenly matched than anything the Tampa Bay Rays or the Oakland A's. You know, instead of just, oh, well, they're guaranteed. No, Verlander was on last night. You know what? He's still left in that game, and that game was still tied. This is going to go, and I hate to say it, but this is going to go seven games, and home field is going to come into play with this thing again here, Dane. Yeah, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Degenerates here on Make It Rain. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. And I think here's the thing, right? I think Verlander's a perfect test case. And Verlander looked good. Verlander pitched well, right? But all it takes is Aaron Judge on one side to go over the wall, and he leaves down 2-1, you know, despite the fact that he strikes out seven and six and two-thirds and, and, and only gives up what, like? set up one base runner an inning and the same exact thing can happen on the other side you know any one of these Yankees pitchers Tanaka Severino they could be looking good and give up a home run to Springer to Altuve to Correa that's the kind of 
nip and tuck series I expect this to be. I don't think anyone's going to go like we saw get 10 in the first inning or get four in the first inning like we saw. And, you know, we talked about this, Joe. We thought the ALCS was going to be the main event of the playoffs. And so far, it's delivering. But from a Yankees vantage point, you wanted to get one, you got one. Now, the fact what I'm worried about, though, Joe, I think Aaron Boone may have a little bit of too quick of a hook here to go to this Mm. pen. What I'm worried about, Joe, is not game two, but what happens, like you say, when this series goes six and seven and these guys are seeing their fourth, fifth at bat against a Britain, against an Ottavino, against a Canely over the course of the series, and they start to figure the bullpen out. You saw what the Astros were able to do against that Tampa bullpen in game five. I hope that they don't get a similar read on the Yankees bullpen by the time we hit game five, six or seven in what is shaping up to be a long series. And, you know, the, the rumor is out again uh, in this game that and it's it's an Astros thing. Apparently, this is what they do. But the they're saying again that Paxton was tipping his pitches last night, which might have uh, included the reason for the early hook. And if that's the case, well, then they're doing their homework. I don't know what the hell everybody else is doing. If the Astros can figure out that certain guys are tipping pitches, I don't know why those teams can't figure out how to avoid that and how to stop them from doing it or mix it up one way or the other. But uh, it appears to continue to come up whether or not they know it on Severino or anybody else. We'll see. But it is very unique what the Yankees are doing here. They're they're basically blowing this thing up into three innings at a pop here. So uh, from this point on, three innings here, two innings there, one inning here, nine, a record nine relief pitchers yesterday in that game as it went 11 innings. And of course, you know what happens, Dan, when you burn through your bullpen, you've got guys like J.A. Happ as the only person left to come in in an extra inning game. And thanks for the batting practice, J.A. Yeah, I mean, that's how it went down. There's a reason that we didn't want him in the in the rotation for the playoffs. There's a reason why I was even favoring a game force, you know, opener idea like mm-hmm. Chad Green. He looked good yesterday, striking yeah. out two in his two innings of work. You know, I mean, they set the record. It did go 11, you know, so if it only went nine, they would have had, you know, far fewer pitchers. But this is my problem here. You're right. It looks like they're going one time through the lineup, and that's about it. That's as long right. as you'll get to try and keep you off base. But what happened? happens when we then see these back end guys and they become more familiar because I'm going to need them to still get a big out in the eighth inning of game six or something like that. And I want that still to have the lore of, um, you know, unhittable. And that's my issue. Well, the Yankees did something they weren't able to do back in 2017. That was already win one in Houston. So the home teams won every game in that series a couple of years ago. They split the first couple of games now. Now they head to the Bronx. And a really weird start time, 4 o'clock tomorrow, guys. So set your, I, I don't know what the hell that is, but 4 o'clock tomorrow. So set your alarms, set your clocks. You may want to call into work a little bit early uh, or do what you got to do. But 4 o'clock as, uh, as Cole will take the mound at Yankee Stadium going up against uh, Severino. And as far as the cards go... Uh, yeah, maybe you should have saved some of those runs against Atlanta because they have not only been dominated. It's one thing to get dominated by Scherzer. It's a whole nother thing to have Annabelle Sanchez out there and you can only muster up one stinking hit there in game one. Now the cards go uh, the cards, uh, you know, now they've got to get away from the place that they 
played well all season and walk into a place that the Nationals won over 50 games in at home. This is not, you know, this could be a very quick series and advantage National League. Yeah, and they go on the road and they got Steven Stroudsburg waiting for them. They'll need Flaherty to come up and prove why he's their ace tonight. Yeah, well, we'll take a look at some of these numbers. Plus, we'll <laughs> talk about the New York Jets yesterday and how about them Cowboys. We'll do that coming up as we look to make it rain here. SportsGrid.com. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Another profitable, dominating performance by the dogs thus far through week six of the NFL season as the dogs go nine and three against the number yesterday. 75%, including seven, count them, seven outright wins by the Niners, the Cardinals, the Steelers, the Hawks, the Texans, and the Saints, proving to be... A very profitable day for the books once again. Welcome in on this Monday. It is October the 14th. We got one more game left in uh, week six of the NFL season. That is tonight between divisional rivals here all of a sudden uh, as a week six comes at a close. Who'd have thunk it? We'd be talking about the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers getting ready to do battle in an important divisional matchup. And we'll dive into some of those numbers here, but one of those uh, other teams that uh, just added to the bottom line for the books yesterday were the New York Jets, who uh, were a seven-point favorite, and the Dallas Cowboys were a part of just about every uh, teaser known to mankind, as well as every parlay, and yeah, a lot of a lot of backing behind the Dallas Cowboys, who just lost last week to Green Bay at home, and there is no way. They could lose to the New York Jets in this situation. Sam Donald has probably still got mono or something. Uh, come up with whatever narrative that you want. Um, the whole problem with this game yesterday wasn't about what the Jets are. The problem is what the Cowboys are. And what they are is a team who's got injuries on the offensive line. And a team that only plays a half. They don't play. They did this last week against Green Bay. They dug themselves a hole they could not climb out of. And by the time the second half came around, they just, it was too little, too late. And it's exactly what they did against Green Bay at home. It's exactly what they did yesterday against the New York Jets. But don't look now. The Cowboys lose. The Eagles lose. The Redskins win. We'll get to that. Uh, and, oh, yeah, the Giants lost. Now, all of a sudden, the NFC East, the Cowboys went from being 3-0. and They're now 3-3. Three and three, And, oh, yeah, the Giants are one game out of first place in that division. Now, the NFC East quickly has become, could, dare I say, the, the worst division in the NFC. Is, is that even, I think that's a fair assumption, isn't it? 
Yeah, uh, I think that's fair as well. Remember also, the Cowboys got off to their 3-0 and start against the Giants when they had Eli Manning, the Miami Dolphins, and the Washington football team. Those are their three wins. Then, you know, they couldn't do it against New Orleans. They couldn't do it when Sammy D is back with the Jets. So it's really a question, I think, is who are the Cowboys? I still believe the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in that division. And we talked about it a little bit yesterday, Joe. Um, the way those teams are out West, and I know we'll talk about some of these teams out West, there's a chance that we're going to get a wild card from the West. I think that wild card will be Seattle or San Francisco. And then, don't look now, but it looks like... Like the Vikings have found their passing game. The Packers are still alive. Those teams in the NFC North are going to be beating each other up and will have 9-10 wins. So I believe that, you know, the NFC East is going to be a one-playoff uh, team entry into the NFC playoffs. And, you know, I don't know that, you know, Dallas, when they go up against better competition, is able to hang. We don't know who Dallas is. Maybe Dak Prescott should have signed a deal and an extension, you know, when they were 3-0 and and everybody was loving those Cowboys. Another big note, you said they didn't play in the second half, Joe. Someone else who did not play in the second half was Amari Cooper with the quad injury. And, you know, we have seen in the beginning of the season how important Amari Cooper was for this Dallas offense, and it looked a little bit different without them. The Cowboys offense looked a little bit different. The Jets offense also looked a little bit different with the return of Sam Darnold. I said it all week. I told you yesterday the idea of Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder. When this looks back to the way it's supposed to look, watch the production come back for those two. I mentioned it in DFS. Robbie Anderson, 5 for 125 and a touchdown. Jamison Crowder, 6 for 98. I also gave out those prop bets on Pro Football Today yesterday morning. Hopefully you hit those and want a little bit of cash like the spitting statistician, Joe. The uh, still no C.J. Mosley for the defense of the Jets, but uh, they obviously they got a couple of linebackers healthy. Jamison Crowder is part of the game plan now. And Greg Williams, as long as he is scheming up pressures, which he does what he did, he's always done. And that is Greg Williams has always been known for a guy to figure out the way to get to the quarterback. Jamal Adams is just running all over the yeah. place. I can't imagine what this team looks like when Mosley actually gets back into the lineup, but they did. It was the team that uh, shut out the four and one Buffalo bills is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's uh it's going to be very interesting to see how this team progresses. Now it's one win, but it's a, it's a good win against a, a very credible team, a very good yeah. NFC team, a, a game, which a lot of people did not give them credit for, or didn't think they could win. But they absolutely uh, did win. And there was a game, of course, last night, too. Nobody gave the Steelers a chance to win. You got a third-string quarterback. The dudes, people don't even know who Devlin Hodges is, where the hell he came from, what the hell's a Samford. No idea who this guy was. And, oh, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger spent an entire career racking up rings and yardage, yet he's never won a game on the West Coast. So now the Steelers, you, you're asking them to go back on the West Coast with a third-string quarterback going up against a Chargers team with Melvin Gordon back, Austin Eckler, and yeah, they promptly go ahead, turn the ball over three times, and again, dig themselves a hole in the first half that they can't dig themselves out of in the second half. And the Chargers, I, their schedule gets brutal from here on out. But Pittsburgh's part of a conference, let's face it, Cleveland loses again. Baltimore is 
they're decent. They're not, you know, they're not a juggernaut. Now, all of a sudden, Pittsburgh with a couple of back-to-back wins. Pittsburgh's in the running now for the NFC, uh, the AFC North title. Uh, it, it all of a sudden just got really interesting after yesterday's games. Yeah, I mean, listen, Pittsburgh gets that win 24-17. They go to 2-4 and four on the season. I, I don't know if I see it the same way, Joe. I think Baltimore is, in fact, the class of that division. They get a close win. We said it this morning. We thought the back, last yesterday morning, we thought the back door would be open for the Bengals, and it was. But, Joe, I don't know. I think Baltimore at 4-2, and two, you know, yes, Pittsburgh got the win yesterday in a tough, you know, I was going to say tough, but it wasn't. There were more terrible towels there than Chargers fans, you know. Mm. So the fa- they are two games back. I still think Baltimore is the class of this division. But I want to talk more about the Chargers. Listen, Joe, I mean, they can't stop the run. It has nothing to do, you know, they have to be able to stop the run. The entire stadium knew that Pittsburgh was going to be running the ball, especially late in that game, and they were still gashing the Chargers right up the middle. And then on the other side of things, I don't know about you, Joe, maybe I'm just an Austin Eckler truther. But Melvin Gordon does not look like he's hitting the ground running. Melvin Gordon looks slow to me, okay? It looks like that offense has a lot more spunk when Austin Eckler is on the field. I know that's when they're in the shotgun and slinging it. That's what Phillip Rivers wants to do, although he also slings the interceptions as well. But I don't know, Joe. Melvin Gordon, 8 for 18, and it just looks like uh, it doesn't look dynamic with him on the field. They even showed a stat for the Chargers about what their run game has done, and they were great at the beginning of the season now I, I i don't see it it looks like they're just putting melvin gordon in and they gotta work him in a little bit more and they don't have time to do that now standing at two and four joe what do you think about this gordon and eckler kind of balance it looked like melvin gordon was not an added value to the offense well the minute you went down 21 nothing in the first half your game plan goes out the window you don't have time to try to establish the run anymore because now you're playing catch up which is even worse given the fact that they've got all those injuries along the offensive line and again the thing that Philip Rivers does is he forces balls because he thinks he doesn't have a choice and that right. we've seen that time and time again with him where you back him into a corner because it, he feels if he doesn't do it who's going to Melvin Gordon what 31 rushing yards last week 18 yesterday Eckler wasn't any better five five rushes for 14 yards but you're down 21 nothing now now Philip Rivers has to throw the damn ball and oh yeah that front seven of Pittsburgh guys that's no joke that yep, is no it. joke they are good. to it got hurt but, though that's an issue talk about the AFC West very interesting what's going on in that division too we'll talk about that coming up here as we look to make it rain for you on a Monday. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, so it is time for you to become the eighth person to win a million dollars in a FanDuel of DraftKings tournament. Just setting your lineups up using the DailyRoto.com NFL DFS lineup optimizer. Or you can become one of the countless number of people who have already won thousands of dollars each week playing DFS using DailyRoto.com. So if you are playing daily fantasy sports, but you're not using DailyRoto.com, 
you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL Annual Pass. Get that faster optimizer, the smarter DFS projections, and their better results. The promo code is ACTION. Get yourself a 10% discount. That promo code is ACTION. Get yourself a 10% discount. And keep in mind that DailyRoto.com is where millionaires are made. And welcome into Make It Rain here on the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. Is Dane Martinez here on this Monday as week six of the NFL season gets ready to come to a close tonight. Detroit taking on Green Bay in Lambeau Field. But as we take a look around the NFL action yesterday, the uh, we told you, of course, about the Chargers not being able to cover at home. What a shock that is there in the Anthony Lynn and Philip Rivers era there. But that division all of a sudden became very interesting after yesterday's results. And yes, it is time to start worrying about the Chiefs, folks. Uh, there is a serious issue with the ankle of Patrick Mahomes. It seems now every week and every game at some yep. point that ankle gets rolled on and he becomes a different quarterback when he does. That ankle blows up. Somebody rolls on it, it gets inflamed, and all of a sudden he is not even remotely close to being as mobile as he once was. And when he starts, he's good, guys, but when he is unable to move uh, because of how unorthodox he is, he can't pivot off of that back foot and that ankle, guys, he's in trouble. And in turn, the Kansas City Chiefs are in trouble because they can't play with a big lead anymore. And the reason they can't is because their defense can't stop anybody. So they have absolutely no rushing defense. Their margin for victory is not what it was last year or the year before. This is not the same old, same old Kansas City Chiefs. While, yes, Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, and that's always going to give them a chance to win, they lost their second game in a row yesterday, and it's how they're losing, which has to be concerning to people and that health of Patrick Mahomes it's not getting any better guys and Deshaun Watson yeah he continues just to show how good he is and how underrated he is and if you give him just the slightest bit of time he will light you up especially some of these weaker defenses like oh I don't know the Kansas City Chiefs who at home yeah not impressive guys that division Oakland all of a sudden having a bye all of a sudden, they look – Denver wins. They shut out the uh, the Tennessee Titans. And all of a sudden, the Chargers, two wins. Denver, two wins. Oakland, two wins. And then Kansas City, well, they only got three wins here, guys. And they're not impressing anybody. So the AFC West just became a whole lot closer after yesterday's games, Dan. Joe, the Oakland Raiders, I believe, have three wins. Oh, is it three um, wins? And they are only one game back. And here's my here's the thing for me. Joe, uh, we, we differ a little bit about how competitive the AFC North is going to be. Um, I think Baltimore's got that. Um, if we take a step back, Joe, the, the AFC for the next decade, in my opinion, is going to have Patty Mahomes out West, Deshaun Watson in the South, Lamar Jackson in the North. And then, you know, call it Sammy Darnold and Josh Allen as young ascending quarterbacks in the East, but Tom Brady is still there. The most important names, in my opinion, in the AFC for the next decade are going to be Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, and Patrick 
MF Mahomes, okay? And I think you're right. Now, one thing that's important that I saw with this Chiefs game is the fact that Carlos Hyde was able to run on them the same way Marlon Mack was able to run on them the previous week. That's a concern for this team, okay? Carlos Hyde being able to go 26 for 116 and a touchdown against this defense after Marlon Mack did similar things, that's a concern. But the biggest thing, Joe, is Patty Mahomes isn't healthy. Pat Mahomes is not healthy. That ankle is a problem. And is he still a good quarterback? Yes. But is he Superman being able to make these crazy plays? No, because he's banged up and teams are going to start to know it. Remember last year, Joe, when Deshaun Watson and his ribs and he couldn't fly with the team because, you know, his ribs were broken almost and that hampered him. But Houston was still like a 10 win team. If Patty Mahomes is hampered with his ankle, it's going to be an issue, but the Chiefs are still a 10-win team. The same thing with Baltimore, in my opinion. They're going to have to keep Lamar Jackson healthy, and even in a compromised way, they're still the class of that division. The issue right now, I know the run defense is a problem, Joe, but Patrick Mahomes' ankle is the biggest issue in the entire NFL right now. Yeah, it's uh it's a problem and it's going to continue to be a problem when you add their defense again yeah. continues to be a problem. Uh, I'm glad that you didn't want to pay for D Ford yesterday uh, last year. Um congratulations. He just made that 49ers defense uh, a whole hell of a lot better while you're getting gashed on the ground for uh for a ridiculous amount of yards each week is not a good look for the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you have anything less than 100%, Patrick Mahomes, yeah, everyone else is kind of caught up, guys. That division is not a walkthrough anymore. And each and each one of these games is going to continue to get harder and harder. And don't look now, but the Denver defense has figured it out as they took down Marcus Mariota uh, seven times yesterday. And they had five sacks going into the game. And it looks like Fangio has finally figured out the Rubik's Cube of that defense, putting guys in a position to be successful. And although the offense isn't going to blow anybody away in Denver, yeah, if you've got a rolled up ankle and you've got an issue, you're a little banged up as a quarterback, do you really want to be playing Denver in that defense? It's Things can only get worse. They're not going to get easier. They're going to get harder for Kansas City. And then you've got teams like, you know, I hate to say it, don't sleep on the Raiders. Uh, we keep laughing off the Raiders. And like you said there, three wins. Uh, nobody saw them beating Indianapolis on the road. They did. Nobody saw them beating, uh, you know, Chicago, the Bears in that defense. They did. They got an off week here. They'll be in Green Bay next week. And depending, of course, it'll be a short week for Green Bay, depending on the results tonight. Right. Yeah, all of a sudden, that that Oakland Raiders team is not a team that you just want to relax upon because what are they going to if Patrick Mahomes has to take a couple of weeks off here? I exactly. have no idea. Who the hell is the backup for Kansas City? We will look that know. up. We will look that up right now. I but mean, to honestly, your point also, know. Joe, the Denver Broncos, you know, they're doing that. Remember, Bradley Chubb is gone, right? Yeah. Bradley Chubb is gone with that ACL. And I know maybe you've looked ahead, Joe. You know the Thursday night game for week seven are these yeah. Kansas City Chiefs on the road yep. at Denver. Okay, yeah, so now <laughs> on a short week, he's going to come after this team. He's going to come to a yep. team that, like you said, maybe Fangio's figured something out. I know this would never happen, Joe. I know this would never happen, but 
maybe they do need to give Patty Mahomes a week to be 100% so he can be yeah. himself. It used to be my man Chad Hene Alavadka, but he's on IR. So instead, it's Matt Moore. You're familiar with Matt Moore, Joe, from Miami yeah. Dolphin fame. And I got to tell you, Matt Moore is not a bad backup to have. I've seen no. Matt Moore in weeks hold the fort. I thought Matt Moore was going to be the starter for that team in a few off seasons. So it could be worse. Matt Moore seems like a kind of chase Daniel kind of guy to me, a career backup that people sort of respect, but let's not, let's not, you know, tempt fate here. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes. I, I, he's not going to sit this one out, Joe. We know that, No, but you know, and the other thing that I would find an issue is, you know, how I always say the road defense on the Thursday night. Well, this Kansas City defense is now going to have to try to stop Denver. And listen, Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay, they're happy to punch you in the mouth, okay, with that mm-hmm. running game. And they can't stop anyone, Joe. They couldn't stop Carlos Hyde. They couldn't stop Marlon Mack. Neither yeah. of those backs are like Saquon Barkley or Zeke Elliott. So now this combo in Denver should be able to run on them as well on Thursday. Yes, there are issues. But the biggest one is Patty Mahomes because 100% Patty Mahomes seems to have the answers and solve what ails you. But now he's compromised as well, and it's obvious. Yeah, and it's uh, it's also obvious that it's still the NFL, and if you're a defense that can pitch a shutout, um, and you've got some things going on. Fangio, we know his claim to fame, guys, is he can coach defense. We didn't know if he could coach an NFL team, but we certainly know he's capable of putting together defensive schemes and putting defensive players in a position to be successful. And they've got it rolling right now. Short week at home onto a suspect offensive line with a banged up quarterback. Yeah, this this is not looking good and shaping up well for uh, for Kansas City. Uh, it is certainly going to be worth monitoring. And again, do not sleep on the Oakland Raiders who are sitting yeah. back here. Going, okay, guys, let me let me know what happens here. And I do want to remind people, too, the Denver Broncos have two games where they lost in the last second on field goals that they right. could have went the other way. This, this could be a 3-4 win team, no problem, and we'd be having a whole different narrative about them. But, again, the formula seems to work this year in the NFL. Have a great defense, have a stand-up defense, give your offense time to figure some things out, and you'll win some games. And right now, that's what Denver uh, is doing. It's also what the 49ers are doing. And yeah, only they've got an offense that will run you over, fullback or no fullback. Uh, The 49ers made the Rams look absolutely hilarious yesterday, and Jared Goff, and how much money did you give him that you didn't need to yeah. give him? 125 uh-huh. million. Yeah, we'll dive uh-huh. into this game, and then all of a sudden, don't look now, but the NFC West, right? Best division in football, guys. We'll uh, we'll break down those games coming up for you. The Rams Super Bowl hangover. Yeah, it's a curse. It's a real thing. We'll do that coming up next year. Let's make it rain on a Monday. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. 
All right, congratulations to the uh, Miami Dolphins who uh, almost blew it, but they uh, they didn't. They've kept the number one pick intact here for next year's draft. Congratulations. Even though uh, Fitzmagic was alive and well in South Florida yesterday, did his best to try and will that team back to a victory over the Redskins, but yeah, no. Uh, came up a little short there on a two-yard. Hey, at least they went for the win, or at least they gave the impression they were going for the win. Uh, but they lost 17-16. They did cover, though, the very first cover of the year for there them. But more importantly, guys, that uh, the draft pick is still intact. You can't be tanking and winning games and then risk, of course, uh, losing that draft. So they can go back to officially not having to worry about winning uh, for a little while here because the rest of the schedule uh, doesn't line up all that well for him. So... Thanks for participating, Miami. At least you got one cover there. And Blewett, of course, uh, ends up uh, his streak is over now because the yeah. the Miami Dolphins ended up backdooring covering because of Fitzmagic, of all things. <laughs> all right. We told you about the uh, the Rams and the 49ers. This was another big game that was supposed to separate uh, the contenders from the pretenders yesterday. At least that's what we kept hearing all week about how the 49ers are a fraud and how the Rams are going to prove that they are the class of the division. Shanahan hasn't beaten anybody in this division before all of that. And then the 49ers didn't just win this game, guys. They absolutely embarrassed the Rams in their own home field in front of their fans. It was a dismantling of, from a defensive perspective, I don't know. What uh, what else the 49ers could have done? And it wasn't like the Rams weren't doing everything in their power to they were in for it on fourth down four times, guys, in the game. They were doing anything and everything to try to extend drives. But when the game was over, they were 0 for 13 on third and fourth down conversions in the game. Every, they took the ball away. They they harassed them. They couldn't run. In fact, the total yardage yesterday for the Rams, guys, 165 yards. The Rams, yep. right? And we haven't seen that in since uh, you would have thought Jeff Fisher was coaching again. Uh, but no, no, it was Sean McVay. And once again, yeah, somebody got exposed yesterday, but it wasn't the 49ers. It was this Rams team who is... Uh, the defense is good, but that offense, the lack of offensive line, the lack of push, had nothing to do whether Gurley was in there. Yeah, Jared Goff's an issue for this team, and he looks like he's lost all confidence in his ability at this point. I saw a deer in the headlights yesterday a lot against that 49ers defense. Yeah, Joe, I mean, 78 yards passing doesn't really do much, right? <laughs> and you talked about you talked about the total of 165 yards. Here's the other thing that I think is a bad stat for the Rams. They are only able to run 50 plays, Joe. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot lower than most teams. You know, most teams want to be in the 70s. Uh, some of your faster up-tempo teams will want to be in the 80s in terms of plays run. And that's a testament to the fact that they couldn't run the ball, they couldn't keep a drive going, and San Francisco can run the ball and that's what it comes down to the one thing I'll disagree with you Joe in what you said is that it doesn't matter if Gurley was there or not I do think that matters 
Okay, look at what we were talking about, like against the Chiefs, right? Like the fact that Carlos Hyde was able to run the ball, keep him on schedule. The fact that Marlon Mack the week before them were able to run the ball. And we talk about teams that need that ability. Now, I understand that Todd Gurley is compromised, the arthritic knee and all that stuff. But what is being proven to me, Joe, you know, this idea of how the Rams offense has changed, you know, in the second half of the season last year in the Super Bowl and now this year. One of the big differences is Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley was an MVP candidate and a generational back that deserved the contract extension, right? And now when he's not the same thing, when he's not that element of the offense, more of it has to go on Jared Goff and the passing game. And we're seeing that Goff is not worth the money. He's not that elite quarterback. He's one of those quarterbacks that need the things around him. I really believe what's being proven here is that Todd Gurley was, in fact, the linchpin to this McVay offense and without him they get a little bit easier to defend Joe I think that's a complete false narrative because he has not affected any game this year he has been as ineffective as he has been in his entire career this entire season this isn't the Todd Gurley of last year the Todd Gurley we have right now has affected no games this year for them in fact the first couple of games what Malcolm Brown had no problem running over teams this is a bigger issue than Todd you can't use Todd Gurley as an excuse when Todd Gurley hasn't been Todd Gurley since week 10 of last year, right. it's and over that's for Todd Gurley. But the Rams offense has changed. It's oh Yeah, but you, you can't use it as an excuse anymore. We have known this, and more importantly, the Rams have known this since week 10 of last year. They just are trying to mask it. You can't mask it. You don't have a workhorse anymore. Right. And that's oh, yeah, you don't have an offensive job. line to even come close to having any type of workhorse there. You don't. You decided to skimp and give money to everybody else except on your offensive line. And, oh, yeah, Sean McVay, you paid the guy $125 million when you didn't have to because you didn't want to have to negotiate with him down the road. Well, guess what's happening with Dak Prescott? Probably a pretty good idea that you didn't give him all that money just yet because leverage is a funny thing. It works both ways. And right now, Jared Goff is proving he might be the quarterback we all thought he was prior to you giving him the money, which was, yeah, he's about scheme. It's all good when you when you got a number one running back in the back, but you, he is not a guy that's going to win games for you. He didn't even throw for 100 yards in that game. That's embarrassing. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying is that what we're coming to realize is that the good form Todd Gurley was the linchpin to this offense. And yeah, but that's not the him, reason they lost yesterday. That's not the excuse that Gurley didn't play has nothing to do with why they lost yesterday. No, I'm not saying that it's that Gurley didn't play. What I'm saying is that this offense does not have what we believed Todd Gurley to be anymore. And when you take that away, this offense, with it more on Jared Goff, he's not able to deliver. What I'm saying is that this McVay offense needed, needs, still does need the girly of, you know, the majority of last season. Now that it is, you know, most teams are realizing that that's not there, they're able to defend the Rams differently, put it on Goff, and he's not able to deliver. Still no excuse. You knew after week 10 of last year, he was I'm not the same, was never going to be. And the moves you made in the offseason to allow offensive linemen to move out and to hand money out to guys that really didn't bolster or make Jared Goff any better, 
this is on you, Rams. This is on you, general manager, Sam Snead. This is all on you. You gave a guy $125 million. You locked him up because you didn't want to negotiate down the road. Well, the fact is he's not as good as everyone thinks he is. And Sean McVay, you got to figure. And again, they did everything they could. Give credit to the 49ers. But my word, at home, coming off of two straight losses. Now you've lost a third game in a row. I mean, at what point do we start to look at this team and go, yeah, they're a, they could be an eight, nine win team at best. But in that division where you've got now, of course, Seattle continuing to win games, not pretty, but continuing to win games. They've got an MVP on that team named Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah, you've got uh, don't look now. Hell, even the Cardinals are winning games here. So that division quietly has now become pretty damn good all of a sudden there with the 49ers in Seattle leading the way. Yeah. And Joe, I mean, I think we're I think we're on the same page here. We've both been fading the Rams and talking about this Super Bowl hangover all season long. I'm not trying to make excuses for them. What I'm doing is saying like I'm just saying this is the rationale of what we're seeing. I'm not excusing it, and I agree with you. I said it when the Rams signed Goff to $130 million. Between the Goff contract and the Gurley contract, they have now painted themselves into a corner financially. I'm not excusing it. I'm just saying that that's what I think we're discovering is without the linchpin Todd Gurley in MVP form, we're realizing that Todd Jared Goff turns into a pumpkin. We thought it was all this great offense, but no, to me, it was Gurley that's the linchpin and if you don't have MVP caliber Todd Gurley Jared Goff is not that dude that's going to be able to raise all boats I think we're saying the same thing Joe Rams were getting points and uh, Rams were laying points in that game of course which didn't prove to uh, help them at all as the 49ers uh, just dismantled them Uh, 331 to 157 in the yardage uh, third downs they converted uh, it was just it was every facet of the game and along with this idea that somehow or another, yeah, but Jimmy Garoppolo sucks. I, I love that narrative as well. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't need to win games by himself for this team, which is what makes him so much better is that he doesn't have the pressure of having to throw for 400 yards. They run the ball. They play great defense. And yeah, that defense is every bit as good as the Chicago Bears, guys. When we're starting to talk about some of the top defenses in the NFL, you better start paying attention to the San Francisco 49ers. That defense is no joke. They're also got healthier back in the secondary. Yeah, you got Richard Sherman. You've got a great mix of young guys and veterans. Yeah, don't sleep on the 49ers. They're undefeated for a reason, and I think they're going to continue to win some games. I can't wait to see the 49ers and the Seahawks do some battle here. I can't wait to see how they do against Russell Wilson, who is having just a MVP style year yeah. that nobody's talking about or paying attention to. It blows me away. Well, we're talking about here on Make It Rain. You know that. You know we've been talking about Russell Wilson in the MVP conversation. We mm. talked about him at 20 to 1 at the beginning of the season, yeah. and he continues to deliver. To me, you know, you got Russell Wilson. I'd throw Christian McCaffrey in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you want to say Patty Mahomes, right? As long as he can stay healthy, because we just discussed his value at 100%. And honestly, Joe, with these Niners, 
They remind me on some level about elements of the Patriots offense also in the way that there are mm. all so many Swiss Army knives that can fill different roles, right? Look at this running back tandem. Coleman again, you know, back. And that's a big addition, his return to the Niners. Breida being the pass-catching scat back. Some of these wide receivers they have. Goodwin as the speed guy. You know, Kittle, mm. one of the big tight ends over the middle. A guy like Pettis and Debo Samuel who can do a lot of things. It's almost like, you know how the Patriots want to make you play left-handed well what would be that going against the San Francisco 49ers what would Belichick choose to try to shoot shut down and then like Shanahan would be like all right no problem we'll just do this instead the same thing that remember got them up to a 28 to 3 lead on the Patriots in a Super Bowl not too long ago and then you're right Joe this defense with all those first round picks on the front seven Richard Sherman in the back a rejuvenated Richard Sherman in the back this team is for real I want to see Seattle San Francisco. We we both have been talking about this Rams hangover. If they uh, can fix it, maybe three teams from the NFC West do get into the playoffs. I also, uh, you know, come to the realization here, guys, while we continued to blow so much smoke up Sean McVay's ass last year, uh, let us take a look here and maybe take a step back and realize he got outcoached in the Super Bowl and being outcoached by Bill Belichick is nothing to be ashamed about. But now in his three, there has been time after time now that his offense isn't so new and shiny anymore that people, yeah, defenses, defensive coordinators, other head coaches, there is, if you are as good as you think you are as we're, we're supposed to believe Sean McVay is, you cannot go 0 for 13 on third and fourth downs in a game. You have to be able to make adjustments. And some of the play calling on him yesterday was as bizarre as it has ever been. And I think it proves, once again, he's having a hard time adjusting to the adjustments of what everybody else has done now for that offense. And I think this is what you're getting. Maybe Sean McVay isn't as good a coach as everyone is making yeah. him out the scene. We know yeah, Freddie I mean, Kitchens isn't. That's true. <laughs> but without Gurley, you're also getting Robert Woods to end around. Brandon Cooks yeah. to end around. You know, you got to be better. Do it the same. You got to be better. And you got to figure it out if you're that good. He hasn't figured it out. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Looks like all is well in Minnesota, too, is, uh, as Kurt Cousins and, uh, and Stefan Diggs managed to get on the, uh, the same page there. And uh, what a shock. Minnesota showed up at home. Uh, that's never been the issue with Kurt Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings and Mike Zimmer. The issue is if you could play every game at home and indoors, it'd be great. But that's not generally how it works out. And while everything is, uh, you know, hunky-dory, peachy keen, everyone's back on the Christmas card list. Yeah, um, you're beating up a Philadelphia team that, uh, honestly, they're really, I don't know how many more injuries they can deal uh, can deal with. Uh, they're, they got uh, hurt on the offensive line against yesterday. That's secondary, and I know Howie Roseman, the general manager, has been on the phone it's been reported for the last couple of weeks trying to do anything and everything to try and get, I don't know, somebody like Jalen Ramsey or something trying to pull it off. 
yeah, they got um, their secondary is just it's awful. Uh, There's nothing else to say. It's awful. And Minnesota, congratulations. The one thing I think we know about Minnesota and what we've always known, I don't know how this is any different. They can run the ball and they've got deep threats. They've got weapons like nobody's business. They could be an extremely dangerous team. My fear is, can they take that show on the road? And that's always been the question mark with the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know that we have the answer to that question just yet. No, we still don't because it doesn't matter what they do in Minnesota. It will not prove that to Mm. me. I need to see them on the road uh, and Kirk Cousins perform, you know, when like Chris Collinsworth is the commentator or Booger McFarlane is the commentator. Quite frankly, I need to see that Kirk Cousins win against a good team on the road in prime time. The exact because you're right, Joe, they can run the ball. You're right, Joe. They have weapons, right? They are one of those teams who could do it either way. But here's the difference. I look at a team like Seattle, who can run, who could also throw. You know what, though? On the road, in a primetime spot, I trust Russell Wilson. I can't say that about Kirk Cousins. And that's pretty much that's the difference of how these two teams are constructed. Strong defenses, plenty of weapons, suspect offensive line. But give me the quarterback that's a real MVP candidate that you can trust. There are two losses, Packers and Bears, on the road. On the road. So until we see that take place, still some question marks. But no doubt, good defense, good team. Will it carry over? We'll talk about that. Hour two coming up here. Let's make it rain, people.